The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Path to Chat, Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 14 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. We are finally here, (laughs) or actually, I am finally here. Or there, you know, on my South American honeymoon with my lovely husband. So this week, you can imagine me eating ceviche, drinking pisco sours, and walking around the streets of the hopefully gorgeous beach town of Lima, Peru. I've pre-recorded three flashcasts for you so that you keep getting content and so I can enjoy my time away and get a break from all of my media work. So to make sure you have an endless flow of talking dance content, I have prepared the first of three flashcasts for you to enjoy while I'm in the Southern Hemisphere fumbling through my less-than-mediocre Spanish. As you know, I've developed this concept of a flashcast to bring you a quick-fire podcast that lasts less than 10 minutes. So why are we wasting any more time? Let's get this week's chat started. A regular question that I've gotten from both dance-loving friends and young ballet audience members I met during my five years working as a dancer liaison for Pacific Northwest Ballet's Young Patrons Group was, where are the best seats to sit in a theater for dance? It's a great question because nobody wants to be throwing cash into a ticket where they aren't going to maximize their artistic viewing experience. And since dance is all about what you see... I want to offer my advice and opinion on the best and worst places to sit in a theater. Now, if you're attending performances in a smaller theater with limited seating, you may not really experience some of the issues that I'm about to talk about, but when viewing dance in a larger theater or an opera house, your seating choice will depend on what you enjoy most in a performance. Sitting in the front of the orchestra, or that's the main seating, uh, the main floor of seating in a theater, is really reserved for a special kind of viewer. If you want to see the dancer's every expression, if you want to have the illusion of ease and dance broken and to see sweat flying off dancers or to see their chests heaving with exertion, this may be the place for you. I'm not the biggest fan of sitting in this section as I like to step back uh, to see the whole picture, to view patterns and also especially for ballet a lot of times the dancers feet are slightly cut off so uh, you might miss part of their point shoe or their arches or what their feet are doing uh, in your vision Uh, but if you do have any sight issues or if you really like to hear the dancers breathe and see that exertion this might be the section for you Further back in the orchestra, uh, in that seating area, you can generally still see dancers' faces. Um, you can see movement better as well. Though many of the patterns that are created in choreography may still be obscured from this face-on angle. Uh, if seating is good at a theater, you should have no issue seeing the stage from these seats. But just be aware, in some older theaters, uh, they didn't necessarily... <laughs> put into the engineering of the seating to have the best viewpoint. So you may be challenged to see over a tall, taller audience member that uh, is sitting in front of you. Um, if, the, if the theaters are 
laid out well they'll really put the seats so that they lay out like one in between the other but you might end up still having to peer over a, a taller head in front of you my favorite place to sit in a theater is at the front of the first balcony or the only balcony if that is all that's in the theater but there are many theaters that have two sometimes three and four balconies in the front of this area here, you still get a good glimpse of faces, uh, and if your vision is on the outs, you can always bring a pair of opera glasses, which is really just a glorified uh, miniature version of binoculars. From this viewpoint, I can see the expression of the dancers, but I can also see the, the geometric landscape that really great choreographers weave into their works. These are often the most expensive seats, and they are for a reason, so you'll, you'll be investing a bit more if you, if you purchase these tickets. If you're looking for a cheaper option, you can sit in the back of the first balcony or go even higher up if there are other balcony options available. But just be aware, it's going to be more difficult to see dancers' faces at this point, and you're really only going to be able to see the patterns if you don't have opera glasses. Uh, the higher you go, of course, like I was saying, the better the, the pattern work is, but it's just much more difficult to see uh, the dancers' faces. So, if you are a pure mathematician, maybe this spot is for you. I generally suggest to people that they avoid the sides of the theater uh, getting too high up in seating and, and higher balconies or even the boxes in the theater which are really like small little mini balconies uh, that are very private on the sides of the stage. When you sit in the sides, the side areas of the theater, certain views can be obstructed. And this is especially true for those expensive and private box seats. So I, I often suggest to people to save those box seats for the opera, <laughs> especially if you want to feel cool and elite and have your own private little area. Um, but when it comes to dance, these seats really are not worth the value. If the action moves to the wrong side of the stage, you'll miss out on some amazing dancing. You could, ev could even miss out on a big plot point in the ballet. So I'd say really stick to the more central seating. Lastly, be sure to check in if you are attending a performance at an older theater because while some of these opera houses are extremely beautiful, historic, and gorgeous inside, a handful of them have columns uh, in the in the theater that can obstruct some of the seats views. Here at the, uh, the Academy of the Arts in Philadelphia, it's one of the most beautiful theaters in the country, but I've had to sit behind a column for an entire performance, and every time the action moved, I had to lean to the left or I had to lean to the right just to see a, a portion of the stage, and it was always obstructed in some way. There's really nothing worse than having <laughs> no view of a particular area of the stage for about two to three hours. Remember, dance is a visual art and is best seen from an angle where you can see the whole stage. Feel free to save this flashcast to come back to as you educate yourself on purchasing the seats that best suit your dance viewing preferences. And with that, like a flash, we're done with this flashcast. Remember, if there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycorollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcasts or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique, choreography, or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. 
New hosts from your favorite dance companies and choreographers are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is Beat Corollas, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over four years. I also have two YouTube channels, Beat Corollas featuring my choreography and Core-ography featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life-defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chat. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me, and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.